The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out cybionicscgm.com. How's it going? It's Owen here, and this is a bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast, Redefining Diabetes. Every week, we'll dip back into the episode archive and get you to think and reflect once more about some of the things we've learned from the podcast over the last few years. It could be some diabetic wisdom, advice, a great guest, or even a hypo story. So enjoy this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. You're essentially engaging or using different muscle fibers when you go out for a jog than compared to heavyweight training or that fast burst of sprint which can aid in in more muscle building. And I remember you were saying last week about cardio and its increased insulin sensitivity. Is it the same with HIIT? Basically the same, yeah. So much like going out for a run and that kind of exercise, HIIT can have an influence on your blood sugar for up to even 24 hours, 36 hours afterwards. And that's another thing that I really need to, <laughs> really need to emphasize is when you are exercising, you're likely going to see a difference in your insulin requirements. It's important that you realize that. And I know I said it, I I think I said it on last week's episode, but a good rule of thumb is more exercise will equal less insulin. Less exercise will equal more insulin. Now, that's obviously obviously a very broad statement and it can depend on each person, but generally that's how it's going to work. So, if you get into exercise more so than you have ever done, that's something that has changed. Your body isn't used to that. So it's very, very, very likely that if you continue to take the same amounts of insulin, you might be trending lower with your blood sugars because your body is using up more glucose as energy. It's using more the insulin itself more efficiently. So therefore, it's likely that you'll require less insulin. Well, let's get into the nuts and bolts then. What are we to expect from our blood sugars when we're doing a HIIT session? So from my experience and a lot of people that I speak to, it's likely going to have the opposite effect compared to cardio. Like low, like we were talking about last week, going out for a run. So if you're going to be doing an intense 20, 30 minutes HIIT session, it's probably now... I'm emphasizing probably not guaranteed. Well, based on based on your yeah. experiences, I was, as we can see, it can differ from Matt's email. Exactly. When I do high intensity, my blood sugar is much more inclined to spike 
So I'll see a rise. So I know I touched on it again last week, but when I resistance train, so work with heavy weights and high intensity, my blood sugar trends up. Whereas if I go out for a run and particularly now because I'm running a lot, a lot more often than I ever have done, my bloods will always trend down. So because of that, the preparation for hit is completely different to my preparation for a five or 10 mile run because I know to expect something completely different. Okay. So the most important thing when you're preparing for exercise is being aware of your previous experience, anticipating what's going to happen and being able to take action to ensure that you don't go high, you don't go low. Now, the three A's, I want the three A's. My my three A's, 100%. So now, even if it is your first time doing doing hit, you should start easy because you don't want to blast yourself out with a 30 or 40 minute hit session and kind of be clueless about my blood sugars are spiking here or they're, they're dropping here and you kind of get lost in how your body's actually reacting because it's so intense so fast. If you are starting, I'd start small with like five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, just to see, hmm, is my blood sugar seeing a rise or am I seeing a drop? Or just so that you can kind of map things out day by day by day and week by week, depending on how you're seeing your body react. All right. So how I would prepare for hit would be number one thing I need to make sure I need to make sure that my blood sugar is within range. So unless it's six or below, so that would be six MMOL and 108 for Americans. So if I'm below that number, I'll wait to bring it up slightly. So if I'm below six, I will have like maybe 10, 15 grams carbs without insulin to bring it up slightly so that I feel confident going into the exercise. And if I'm over six, I'm happy enough to go. But that's just with high intensity because with high intensity, if I'm six, I'm happy enough going into it that I might see a bit of a rise, but it won't go too high. Whereas if it was cardio, I wouldn't start at six because I know that I'm definitely going to see that drop. It's funny. It's like my blood sugar falls off a cliff. <laughs> so I could be doing cardio and it's always around 30, 35 minutes. I'll keep an extra close eye on my Dexcom, like my CGM. And the graph will just be like going across level and then boom, straight, straight, just drop. Then. And it's, it it's almost just like a vertical drop. It's fascinating. But as I said, with hit, I'm always happy to start around six or seven because that rise will come but it won't be too much of a spike and again much like last week i highlighted the importance of insulin activity around cardio it's the same with with high intensity i will try and avoid having too much fast acting insulin on board ideally i don't want to even have any on board an advantage of that too is because there's no fast acting insulin on board I know the true impact of the exercise itself. And as you know, Graham, I generally train fasted anyway. So I know Mm -hmm. there's not really much food impact on my blood sugar. If I train first thing in the morning, I don't have any fast acting insulin on board. So therefore I know that with the exercise, how my bloods react, it will likely show 
how my body responds to that exercise after and because it's the hit episode after hit i will try to avoid fast acting insulin for just an hour an hour and a half afterwards now that's just me that's what i like to do because i know that if i see that spike from my experience it comes down for me naturally within that hour or an hour and a half so i kind of hold off on insulin because i know that a i'm going to be more sensitive to insulin as a result of the workout and b if it's coming down naturally and then i load on (laughs) extra insulin i'm going to plummet pretty fast well extremely fast thanks for listening to this bite-sized episode of the insulin podcast and if you want to listen to the full episode you can check it out in the description chat to you soon